0: Postmodernist yeah. or something. Yeah. Like a it's like a triangle more than an A. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty sweet. Alright. Nice, nice design. We're live. Alright, <laughs> I guess I guess we are. You still get your headphones on. You're just gonna have those on the whole time? Uh, it doesn't make a difference. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will take them off then. Thanks. We're live here at the studio. Uh, Matt and Aiden. Uh, is us is, is we're us. here we are those people and we are here to give you another edition of our podcast
1: which of which the name is
0: Grey Lady <laughs> <laughs> Cisco Brewers Nantucket
1: <laughs> that, I mean we could have someone just sponsor our podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are uh, the, the Bud Light podcast yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, we're the beer and wine podcast Because that's what we're drinking The official podcast Of of beer and wine (laughs) Uh, I don't know We might just drop the whole name thing You know, names are so 2016 We're ahead of the curve Yeah,
1: why do do you have to put a label on something?
0: Yeah, yeah Why do you have to name things? Why can't you just let it be? Mm -hmm. It's all part of the same thing, you know? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah It's just like uh, (laughs) I was gonna say something bullshity, but one
0: organism. This podcast, the listener, the earbuds that the listener is listening to the podcast. Yeah,
1: are all one with.
0: We are all one. One creation.
1: (laughs) Or anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Um, There's no segue from that.
0: No, no. It's just telling it like it is. Telling that, that good truth. Like speaking of organic, speaking of, I don't know, I
1: don't, I don't have anything be, to talk about there. But it, <laughs> could, it could have been a segue.
0: <laughs> could have been. It's really making me think of my feet. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Talk speaking about of organic, organic
1: labeling, <laughs> oh. <laughs> or um, uh, organic, like an organic conversation that you had with someone one time.
0: I can talk about. Uh, I can talk about inorganic things like the uh like my new interest no my latest interest in audio equipment specifically (laughs) (laughs) uh turntables okay uh this is a new new passion of mine as of uh well it's not really a passion It's something i'm interested in because i've been trying to uh i've been doing research to try and get a new or a well, no, a new turntable cuz the turntable I have is apparently like garbage and I didn't realize that. Right. It's not actually that bad,
1: but it's uh because it scratches the,
0: the Well, so it's records. not it's not the worst turntable you can get that as I understand is a Crosley, but uh, the the turntable that I have which uh, if any of you care is an AT LP60, uh, which is the uh, sort of based like super basic version that Audio-Technica makes. And mm-hmm. the problem with it is that it doesn't have a weighted tone arm, which just means that it digs too deeply into records sometimes. Because records have different, um, what do you call it, like grams, Grooves. like weights oh, and, and, oh. and and widths as a result of that. Uh, so it just like has like it's like an all uh, all for one type of deal because it doesn't have that weight. So it, right. if you have a um, a record that's like too thick, it'll just dig into it too much, which slowly destroys the record. So, anyway, so basically I'm getting a new turntable, and uh, I'm doing a lot of research. So, I'm doing research into inorganic creations, <laughs> like turntables. I
1: had, I had no idea where you were going with that.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it is segue. True. It's a poor segue, but something.
1: Yeah, you really can't have your record player destroying your records no because i mean yeah you, the, whole, the whole point from, yeah from my perspective and i think you agree of having records is you want it to be a collection that you'll have forever and ever exactly yeah um, so you want to be able to go back to your records in 30 years and still have them play the same
0: definitely i mean you i hope to keep my records in pristine condition as much as i can and the thought of every time i play the record it getting a little bit fucked up is yes. just you would never t- want to a play your records thought. exactly i found that out about the turntable and i never have played it anything on it again yeah um, but my mom wanted it because she's got a bunch of old records and she doesn't really care that much she just mm. like wants to be able to play a record so yeah. kind of it kind of worked out actually um but yeah so anyway that's that's what i'm that's uh what i'm spending a lot of my time doing uh, figuring out the whole world of uh, vintage audio technology, which is a very interesting one and something that a lot of people, at least a lot of people on the internet, like are really obsessed with. So yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to... Because it really feels like a hobby, you know? Like it's something that people take really seriously and invest a lot of time and energy into. Like basically just getting the, the best possible sound out of their equipment. Hmm. And I just, I think that's a... I mean, as far as hobbies go, it's a pretty good one for me. I, I love love, love, love music, so it makes sense, Um, and I don't know, it feels kind of cool to uh, sort of find this world, you know, and other, and people who are really obsessed with it, and have been doing it for, you know, decades and decades, so it's it's, kind of neat, so I've been spending a lot of time on online forums trying to figure out, you know, all these things about about records, Um, and it's very complicated and, and fun, so.
1: Well, one thing that I think is really cool about this resurgence in records is that if if people didn't start caring about records again, there would be so many stores that wouldn't be able to exist. Like places where ten years ago you would go to get your CDs, right? They wouldn't exist because nobody buys CDs anymore. Mm-hmm. So why? Why would you? Yep. But yep. they they actually have a physical product that they can sell still.
0: Yeah, I think that is so important to me, and I think to a lot of people. I mean. Spotify and other streaming services and iTunes, you know, and digital downloads in general, they, they have their place. They really do. And I'm very happy that I can pull up YouTube or Spotify and listen to an album that I'm curious about and yeah. figure out if I like it. Uh, but I also want to be able to then have that record in some sense or really in the sense of getting it uh, as, a, as a record like on, on vinyl. Uh, But just like, uh, you know, so the weird thing about Spotify is you, you, it's basically paying to have access to a library. And Mm -hmm. as soon as you stop paying, you lose that access and you never really own any of the music yourself. And I guess it just depends on how much that matters to you, you know, whether or not you want to try and get some physical format. I mean, to most people it doesn't matter and I can understand why, but to, I guess, to people who really care maybe too much about uh the music they listen to it it feels a little hollow i guess you know
1: yeah i i'm really like i i can't not have spotify now because i've been paying for it for like a few years now i think and so i've built up a collection in my library section and so I I can't just stop paying because then it'll all be gone. Yeah. I, mean, I I could still listen to it for free, but I wouldn't be able to compile it. I don't think. Like you you can't save it to like a separate section.
0: Oh yeah, and you basically can't listen to it on your phone. Right. Yeah, you can't. Which is really a, that's a big deal to me.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Mm. Yeah. Most mostly when I listen to music, it's in my car.
0: Me too. Well, no, that's well, I was I thought you were gonna say on my phone, but in my oh, car yeah. as well. Yeah. I'll, on but my e- phone, in my car. Even when I'm sitting here at this desk, uh, I always have my phone playing Spotify and it feeding into the receiver yeah. and the you speakers. You mean in so. our recording
1: studio. I do mean
0: in our <laughs> recording studio. Yeah, at the desk in our recording studio. Um, yeah, it's it's weird though because, yeah, I, I mean, even though I'm going to be slowly collecting records, I'm not going to cancel my Spotify subscription and I feel the same way. Like, I am kind of locked in to paying this monthly fee. Yeah. Um, and it's not like it's not worth it um but it is kind of weird at the same time
1: i mean ultimately it's only i mean i pay five dollars because i'm still you you must too yeah on the student rate but yeah even once i have to go to ten dollars a month it's still it's just ten dollars yeah it's like going out to eat one time Mm -hmm. per month so yeah definitely worth it
0: it's definitely worth it it's not it's a very low cost i mean some would say well many would say and i think rightly would say too low uh or mm, at yeah. least uh the artist should be getting a bigger percentage of it yeah
1: because they, they get like a penny or yeah, two they get, per, per listen it's of abs- their like
0: really absurdly low yeah uh yeah that's
1: it's good if if you listen really to, or if people listen to your track like 10 million times because then yeah. you get $100,000. That's
0: not even... That's not even that much. That much. I mean, that's... It's really ridiculous. It's... The artists receive almost nothing. If you're not like Drake, you, you're right. you're getting, yeah. like, very little for... Even even established acts, yeah. you know? mean
1: Taylor Swift uh, isn't on Spotify, because she's against the whole concept of it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, because it's, it is uh, bad
1: for artists. Yeah. So now, now... It is bad for artists. Artists have to rely so much on... Um, like, live performances yep. to get revenue.
0: Yep. And, you know, a lot of bands that I like uh, throughout the past, well, I don't know, half century uh, have been bands that never played live or played live a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And I, plenty of bands still do that today, but they don't make money, you know, period. Right. Um, they, they make a lot less than the, than the bands who did that in, the, like say, like the 80s or something would make, you know? Because they don't even... They don't make record sales. They don't really get. They don't have a really great stream of revenue. Yeah. At all. And, and if, if really you're not crazy. popular,
1: you're kind of expected to put your music on Bandcamp for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you charge people for it, it's like greedy.
0: Yeah. The the one of the biggest issues, um, with the way that, well, the accessibility of music, which overall is an incredibly great thing, but is that we sort of we have this expectation that all music should be free now. And yeah. just be, It should be a part of our lives, and what that results in is total disregard for the people making the music, Yeah. and I think that's going to lead to, well, hopefully not, but I think that in some sense, uh, that will lead to a decrease in quality of music, maybe people making the music, just because people have to work jobs, you know, and right. they don't have the time to put it, like, making a really great album... Or whatever takes a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, plenty of people do it for free and they never see any money from it and they make incredible works of art. So that's not going to go away. But uh, I think overall you're going to see shifts in yeah. the way music is treated and the music that, that comes out as a result.
1: I mean, the, the best artists obviously do it for the love of music and just for uh, creativity's sake, not yeah. to just make money. But but still just to have the time to put towards that creativity. Like if you're working fifty, sixty hours a week, it's really hard to sit down. Like even if you find time besides those sixty hours to make music, like you might be tired and Yeah. Just
0: your heart wouldn't be in it probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: You just want to relax and do nothing.
0: Pretty much, yeah. I mean that's what a job will do to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so sad. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, it is sad. I, I really, uh, I wonder where it's going to go from here. Um, streaming and physical releases and yeah. everything. I mean, vinyl is, I think, still on the upswing. It definitely, I think it was at its peak maybe a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's still hmm. going up uh, in terms of sales. I'm not sure, actually. I could be wrong about that. But I I, I think I read that but uh hopefully hopefully it continues um just because uh well for the reasons we already said for the artists definitely because um, you know next to live shows like merch including record sales are like their primary form of income yeah and also just to have those record stores that are like really awesome you know really cool places to have in your town or city yeah definitely um add a lot of character to the place and It'd be really, really sad if all of those stores had to close down. I mean, so many of them already have. So, yeah. 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 it's Tons. Very sad. Thankfully, we live in a place where that hasn't happened so much. I mean, I'm sure that there have been, uh, there are probably less record stores than there were, but uh, I mean, I think we are in a sort of a, a bubble in terms of both bookstores and music stores. Oh, um, absolutely. The rest of the country does not look like Northampton. So. No. Oh. We just they, said they, it. They, yeah. they know where we live now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It, it is a hipster kind of thing to, like, right. records. I
0: know. That's the downside, sort of. I mean, it is not its not it isn't. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't...
1: There's no reason that it is, but it is.
0: I mean, it's becoming popular, and yeah. it, that's why, you know? It's because of that hipster factor, but, I mean, whatever, you know? I think it's more than that, too. I think that it is that a lot of people are starting to f- or feel like... Uh, like, well basically what i said that they don't have that sort of attachment that uh ability to collect and I, that's an that's an important thing i think when it comes to music to not not just to collect but to like i don't know to be able to engage with music in a deeper way i mean it's all how you treat it but i know that with spotify i just have like music playing in my headphones all the time yeah. like i'm going around doing stuff you know, and it's just like it's great to have, and I love that it's sort of like a soundtrack to my days. But um, you know, it's it's more rare that I will sit down and listen to an album all the way through. And what, one thing that vinyl makes you do is sit down, listen to it, and then you have to you have to flip the record halfway yeah. through, so you have to be paying attention. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and you get to look at like the beautiful album art and all the yeah, inserts, and you get sometimes you get like posters and other cool stuff. I don't know. Those are peripheral reasons to go to get into it, but you know, just those additions help mm-hmm. you to sort of understand the the musical project uh, as a more holistic artistic project. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think one reason why maybe people don't feel compelled to buy records or like it, it, they're they're not drawn to the idea, is that the idea of collecting something, like usually. People who collect things it's because there's a rarity to it like with stamps people collect stamps because they're rare like they don't just collect you know stamps that you can just go to the post office and buy Um, and the fact that anyone can get any music at all times it like have having a collection of records is less meaningful because anyone can access what you have like constantly
0: well, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I guess well, for one thing, I mean, sure they can access it digitally, but they can't access the record. I mean, a lot of records right. are rare and expensive as a result, um, or they people might get into like, I mean, if you're really kind of nuts about it, you might really care that it was a first pressing of a record or yeah. something like that. I mean, like there are collectors who are really obsessed with those those factors collecting rare records even if you can hear the music on youtube or something
1: yeah that's true um it's different
0: it is very different uh but i also know what you're saying i mean the music is there and it's not different in a digital format it has a slight difference in sound that's barely perceptible yeah um but you know so and that that's what that's what makes it something that yeah a lot of people don't really maybe understand uh like why somebody would would want to collect records. Um, But, I mean, that's what makes it uh, a hobby for certain people, Mm. you know? If everybody liked it, then it wouldn't be as much of a hobby. It would be something that everybody did. Yeah. Like, not everybody likes fly fishing or understands why that's fun. But (laughs) people still do it and they love it, you know? It's just one of those things.
1: I I would argue that not everyone should fly fish.
0: Not everyone should fly fish? Yeah. I agree. I I don't want to. (laughs) I don't. don't. That's what I'm arguing. You know what? I, I... no, I see. I wouldn't want to actually like catch the fish and then gut the fish. Yeah, that sounds kind of miserable. Maybe catch it and have someone else gut it for you, or just catch and release. Yeah, I guess that's okay. But, yeah, but you want to get you, you know what? I does catch and release like always make sure that they don't have barbs? Because the thought of like like get like hooking a fish's mouth and then mm. being like, okay, you're good. Like yeah. that's kind of I don't know a deranged thing to do. I don't really do.
1: know. I don't know much about fishing at all.
0: Yeah, I imagine that they have hookless, uh, whatever you call those things. Maybe. Bait for, uh, well, I would, I would hope. I think Hopefully. so. I'm sure. sure that they do. I don't know. I think that there you is. Do fishers care enough? Yeah, I think that the people who do catch and release probably do. Yeah. Why else would they do cat, catch and release? Oh. Do just Maybe for they don't the... like fish? Well,
1: yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot of work to catch a fish and then go through the whole process mm. of uh, eating it, processing it and eating it. I guess so, yeah. Eating it isn't hard. Processing it is hard.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sort of. I think the hardest part is fishing. You Catch the fish, you got it. Well, I mean, if that's not hard for you, then you got it. And that's not actually difficult. It's just kind of, you know. Something you don't want gross. to do. Yeah. But uh, then you've just put it in your your little freezer, and then you got it. Like, you did it. So. And then you got to, like, scale it, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, scale it. But it, I think it takes, like, 20 minutes, probably the whole after caught process. Well, then you got to cook it, but you know, the the process of processing it, I guess. I don't think I don't think that's that time intensive.
1: Well, maybe not time intensive or difficult, but people just don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I so. wouldn't want to. Well, you wouldn't want to fish in the first place.
1: No, but I would be a lot more likely to catch and release than
0: gut a fish. You're also a vegetarian. So uh, people I, I who fish people who would ca- yeah you're a pescatarian I guess yeah. But the people who catch and release I think are the people who don't want fish. Well, I mean, I'm sure that you're right some of the time, but I th- I would we should uh, re- google this <laughs> and figure out if there is a non painful way to mm. bait a fish for catch and release. Yeah. I bet there is. But I don't know. I hope that there is because yeah, I hope. The so thought too. of just like catching fish and like piercing their their mouth and then letting them go is just like weird. It's like a, like just you're just causing them pain. Yep. Like if it's one thing you're going to eat them, you know, that's almost better in in yeah. this weird sort of way. That's I mean I mean I've I've got I eat fish, so I, I you know made my peace with that basically. But this is the thought of like hurting a, a creature just for fun, and then like right. not doing anything about that. You Same know? thing with
1: hunting. Yeah, I, I'll never understand hunting. Hunting
0: for sport is. Weird yeah. and
1: it's one of the worst human customs, I think. Well, there are a lot I don't of know bad human customs. That's,
0: yeah, it probably wouldn't even crack the top ten. I don't know,
1: just killing animals for fun.
0: But that's no, that's, that's pretty bad. That is, I mean, if you put it that way, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. Is, it is pretty awful.
1: I I saw a video recently. This just reminded me of a custom in I forget where it is. It's somewhere in Eastern Europe. It might be Hungary um where they like strap a dog to like a rope or something like they tie a rope around its neck um and like raise it up into the air and just spin it around like really really fast what and then they drop the dog into the water below what it, it's terrible what yeah. wait
0: what like they just this is like a fun thing to do
1: it's like a it's a custom that it's a custom for what like kind of custom a, is that? a particular time of the year or a holiday
0: wait who is this
1: it's it's hungary or poland or austria okay but it's definitely not, not
0: like the majority population of poland it's got to be some specific that's like a national subset of people i culture. come on in Pol- poland
1: i don't think it's poland it's hungary or like that I don't. Estonia that or...
0: sounds too crazy to be true. Sh- I can't imagine that it's a national pastime swinging a dog on a pole and dropping it into water. That that sounds like something that like a like a cult would do. <laughs> yeah. That does not sound like something a country would do. Oh. Well, I want to see the, the yeah. source on that one.
1: I'll, I'll find it after. All
0: right. Well, if that is true, then fuck that country, whatever country <laughs> it is. That's Really, really bad. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, it's Bulgaria. Oh, no, you're right. It is a... It's a specific village in yeah, Bulgaria. Yeah, okay.
0: That's what I... I mean, can you imagine if, like, like the president of Bulgaria was like, okay, National <laughs> Spinning Dog Day, let's... Yeah. <laughs> I
1: know that uh, they they were, like, forced to stop by some government or, or maybe an animal welfare organization, um, but they actually didn't stop. They just said that they were going to.
0: It's thought to have pagan origins and was reformed in order to prevent rabies. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And I mean, yeah. turns your stomach, but uh, yeah, that's a very interesting. The video thing. video very You've seen it. You watched a video of it. Yeah, it was on Facebook, I think. Jesus, I would not have watched that video. I'm such a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's that sounds like a totally scarring video. Yeah, I hate, man. Yeah, I hate those like really, just like brutally fucked up videos that you can sometimes find on the internet i don't like watch them or anything but i know that they exist and i've seen I, oh, think, yeah. I think i've seen a couple just you know by accident and i still remember them i remember like seeing this video i don't even want to say what happened in it because it was so fucked up hmm. i saw this video and like i was probably like in fifth grade or something i'm curious
1: because i i have something in my mind too the that... heels heels mm, i don't think so okay
0: yeah i don't even want to say what it is <laughs> um God, I hadn't thought of that in a long time. Hmm. Uh, it's really, really dark stuff on the internet. Um, yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> Makes you question your, the human race. Yeah. Sometimes. Not really, but, you know, it's... Uh...
1: Well, there are <sighs> always going to be a subset of terrible, terrible people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can't be bogged down in, in their...
0: No, no, Badness. no, no. And I mean, yeah, like it's not—it's not a rational thought. But you just—you see something like that, and you think, "Wow, what is?" Just the fact that humans are capable. Yeah, just of the such fact things. that not only capable, but derive some sort of pleasure out of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's just—it's just sickening. I don't know. But it's—it's uh, it's the kind of thing that, wow this is a controversial statement, maybe, but however latent, and it can be extremely latent, I believe that those kinds of emotions exist in everybody. Um, but it's just, some for some people, they are at the fore, and for some people, they are very, very repressed, and it's a good thing that they're yeah. very repressed. Um, but, I don't know, it just... I guess more than making you feel, like, you know, disgusted with humanity, it's just... I don't know it just sort of makes you sad that it's it's a reality you know that that's part of human nature
1: of not losing faith in humanity uh-huh. there's there's one subset of the population that um I think it's easy to at first lose faith in that's Trump supporters yeah and pe- people that voted for Donald Trump mm-hmm. um that's something that I think we've we've grappled with that like how how are these people in our society like why like it's it's hard to fathom why they would support him um but uh i think there's a lot of evidence to point to that they don't really support even all of his crazy policy ideas or like they don't even understand what he was really trying to what what he wants to accomplish um so i i saw this survey today that was it was a Survey of Donald Trump supporters, um, and like what their positions are in different policy areas, um, and a lot of it was very striking in that um, many of the policy areas that they surveyed surveyed them on, they kind of held more democratic positions or um, more populist positions, I guess, mm-hmm. like. Uh, more working class friendly positions, mm-hmm. which, like, it theoretically should be Democratic Party voters. I yeah. think right. Um, oh yeah, because sure. the, the Republican Party is the party of like the wealthy and yep. you know tax breaks for corporations and the wealthy. Um, so th- there, there are a few things that like really stuck out to me. For example, only seven percent of Trump voters want to decrease funding for Social Security.
0: 7%? Yeah. Wow. What?
1: Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was like uh, 50% want to increase funding, like 40-ish want to keep funding the same. Wow. And like the whole Republican Party, what? one of their primary goals is to cut funding for Social Security.
0: That is so strange. Wait, yeah. where was this poll done? Uh, I forget. Is it a, it's, but it's like a solid respectable poll like it wasn't it's
1: a survey organization okay um it seems seems reputable yeah i mean i I went through they have morning consult. yeah
0: is that what it's called or is that the
1: gb g uh gpg is the organization Uh uh-huh that did it um i don't i don't know anything about them but uh, the glover park group leading strategic
0: communications and government affairs firm okay that sounds they, they, very they
1: seem pretty reputable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, taking... They, they tell you what the exact things that they ask are. Yep. And the yep. percentages of people who...
0: Transparent. Yeah. So 7%, that is, very, like, shocking. Yeah.
1: I mean, Yeah. really shows wow. that they just... Uh, Donald Trump just appealed to, like, their base emotions about right. certain things. But if you really delve into the details, like, they don't really buy what what he's selling um yeah another thing like donald trump is so pro not not just anti-clean energy and renewable energy but pro fossil fuels which is absurd and like anyone with like with any backing of science or just logic will tell you that that's like ridiculous to be mm-hmm. pro fossil fuels mm-hmm. um but oh, only 20% of Donald Trump voters want to decrease funding of renewable energy. Wow. And yeah, uh, that's, that is interesting. 61% of Donald Trump voters support requiring companies to reduce carbon emissions. Hmm. Which, that, that's a lot. I mean, that's yeah. like, do you want to impose more government regulations on US companies to reduce carbon emissions? And 61% say yes. Yeah. That is that's,
0: that is shocking. Those Meanwhile, he wants to like, completely destroy the EPA. Right. You would never think that these that these people would vote for somebody totally against those yeah. interests. I yeah. mean, there must be other things that they really agree with him on. Maybe some of that yeah. xenophobia. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that was the other thing is um, it, it kind of ranked issues for what people view as the most important. And it's I, I think it's interesting that the issues that people rank the most important are the ones that Republicans have, like, pushed in people's faces the most. Mm-hmm. So repealing Obamacare, for example, it's right. like, one of the hugest priorities for Donald Trump
0: Replaced Replace with something very similar, but proposed by a
1: Republican. <laughs> well, the, people say, like, I think it was 70% or 70 to 80% want to repeal Obamacare. But when asked um, whether government has a role in ensuring health care for people, like forty percent of people said yes. <laughs> so Yeah. Like how how does that make sense? Right. Right. Um so someone just told me about a video, I, I think it was Jimmy Fallon maybe or Jimmy Kimmel, um, where people were asked what they thought of the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. And people were like, Oh yeah, it's it's good. It's like I think it helps people and they're asked what they think of Obamacare. They're like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's oh, the worst man. thing. It's yeah, right. destroying our economy.
0: Right, right, yeah. So yeah.
1: So if you feel hopeless uh, about our country and Donald Trump supporters, just know that they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and we just need to do a better job of like marketing our yep. positions yep. and making them know what their self-interest is when they're voting. Yeah.
0: You know, that, that reminds me of something... That I read today as well. Uh, I don't actually have the the source, uh, but I think that it's very easily Googleable, uh, and it's kind of honestly it kind of sounds a bit elitist, but uh, apparently there was a study that was done that concluded that um, people who um, who are politically affiliated with or aligned with a more liberal perspective, as opposed to a more conservative perspective um, or leftist perspective, I should I guess say uh actually they actually use different um parts of their brain to like uh, i guess comprehend and analyze political issues and uh, the more conservative uh people in this study used parts of their brain that were uh that are primarily focused on like emotions and people who are were more leftist Focus more on the sort of the analysis, the sort of rational analysis. I'm not really sure how they were able to determine that, but interesting. Uh, if you read the study, it is like a legitimate academic study. And I just thought that was really interesting. Um, and it kind of, I mean, you can see that borne out a little bit in this, especially really in this election, where yeah. <laughs> it seems like so many people voted purely for emotional reasons and just didn't really care about any of the logic, you know, any, all the people saying this is ridiculous, like this guy mm. doesn't know what he's doing. It's Everything like he's proposing is unbelievably, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, this guy's like a fascist in the making, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
1: Economists say he'd be bad for the economy. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. When, when that doesn't matter, I don't know. You really have to question how these people are determining who should be the president or really any of their politics at all. And this study said that a lot of that is actually just, it's fear-based, um, but in any case, it's emotional. Um, which is i thought uh, pretty interesting
1: yeah similar similarly um i saw a study i I have no idea where i was from it was a few years ago now but it it also mapped the brains of people on the left and right and found they found that um the compassion center in the brain was much like stronger Hmm. in people on the left (laughs) that's interesting so like caring about others is actually like a part of the brain. Yeah. It's more more developed, which may,
0: makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, definitely makes sense. But I also, I, I really, I would never actually use that in any sort of like argument or anything because it, it does sound uh, very elitist. And I think it's very, condesc- very condescending, very condescending and really self-defeating because it sort of paints this picture that, oh, well, smart people are, are leftists yeah. and... All you idiots are, are conservatives. And that's like really a horrible way of thinking about things, I think. And uh, also just totally like screws you over because then those people are going to be like, well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not I'm, I'm never going to listen to you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and you know, that actually sort of uh, points to in some ways why the Democrats did so poorly in this election, that sort of elitist attitude. Um, and disparaging everybody who voted for Trump and whether or not they deserve to be disparaged isn't even really the the point I'm trying to get at. It's just, you know, I mean, like, like I'm sure everybody has heard, you know, a lot by now. Um, what that did was, uh, turn people away, you know, and that's, we want to be doing the opposite of that. Um, and Hillary didn't help with that at all. No. Uh, calling Trump supporters, a basket of deplorables, and really the entire tone of the campaign was just really just terrible. I mean, really pathetically run in a lot of ways. Just so out of touch. So
1: at the time, that remark didn't sound didn't seem like a big deal.
0: My first reaction was like, yeah, they are, (laughs) (laughs) but you you never should say that ever as a politician. It,
1: It is a tricky question though whether they should be disparaged or not because yeah, like they they were doing what they thought was best and you just have to understand their thinking process like they weren't well some people what they think is best is like intentionally bad for other people yeah deport the immigrants um, don't let muslims into the country (laughs) right Right. Uh, so but, but even then, you have to think, like, what is the root cause of that feeling? And, you know, th- these are just people who, like, for some reason in their development were raised to believe those types of things. But how can we prevent that kind of thinking?
0: Yeah, it is such a fine line because, you know, I mean, I just said you don't want to disparage them, but you also, thinking about what I just said, you do. I mean, you want to make it extremely clear that racism is not okay. That sexism, isn't, sexism isn't okay. But that it, if you, you know,
1: if you ask them, they they will tell you that they're not racist. But they're or sexist.
0: wrong. But they are wrong. But I they, think
1: they don't think about it like that, so you right. can't tell them that they're racist because they yeah, will reject that. Yeah, I know that. it's it's
0: difficult because, I mean, no, like understanding racism as like a social issue, not just as an individual issue. Like you can, you know, be friends with like your black neighbor, but be racist. Right, like understanding that that those two things can happen, um, I don't know. It puts you in a difficult place because you have to decide when you have those encounters whether or not to try to explain that or just not and be and I don't know and you know what I mean because you have to come to people where they are, right. and you don't want to talk down to them or even seem like you are even if you don't think that you are. Right. Um so it's you have to be really uh, diplomatic. You, you know, cuz a lot of these people, a lot of the Trump supporters are very touchy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's it's oh, yeah, really they're, challenging. They're
1: like angry, fearful people.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's but yeah, that's those that are that's a very interesting interesting stat as well. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, it's something that we're gonna have to grapple with as a whole left side of the political spectrum.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, yeah, really... I, mean, I think it starts with <laughs> uh, having the right people be our spokespeople. Mm-hmm. You know, ha- having Absolutely. the right leaders of the Democratic Party or um, other yeah. leftist leaders.
0: Nobody uh, who comes across. As you know, um, I guess like a mainstream Democrat basically nobody like Hillary Clinton, yeah. W- more people like Bernie Sanders or Keith Ellison, Um yeah. who I, I personally am a big fan of, yeah, who's um, uh
1: Bernie's um, like hand picked successor to be DNC chair,
0: right? Right, um, more people who actually speak for and uh, represent the you know, the working class and working class interests. Um,
1: and say so very clearly. And say so
0: very clearly, yeah. That is extremely important. Who are transparent, who, you know, you can't pin them for corruption. You know, Yeah. I feel like I'm just describing Bernie Sanders, but, yeah. uh, you know, more people like Bernie Sanders. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, so
1: we sound like such millennials. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bernie Sanders, we love you. <laughs> but yeah. it's true.
0: It is true. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, I, I think we should abandon the Democratic Party and form a more, or I don't know, maybe go to the Green Party or maybe go to the Socialist Party, which exists, but people don't even know about it. But yeah. realistically, you know, you got to work with what you have. So I think I think making the Democratic Party actually represent what it is supposed to represent is a good starting point yes um and hopefully we can take it from there
1: i i I mean i think no matter what happens the democratic party is always going to be the leftist party just because it's so amorphous and yeah like if the well of the
0: of the two uh, of democrats and republicans
1: it no i I lost what you were saying
0: well you said they're going to be the most. The, the, the leftist party, but, I mean, there's yeah, the yeah. Green Party to the left of them and the Socialist Party to the left of right. them.
1: Right, but I'm, I'm saying, like, the Green Party or the Socialist Party is never going to overtake the Democratic Party right. because the Democratic Party is so amorphous. So if the population ever veers to, like, really support those ideas, then the Democratic Party is just going to go in that direction and yeah, steal yeah. their votes.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully. Because um. ultimately
1: <laughs> it's just a matter of, like, Democrats maintaining power right and it, if they have to change their positions to do so they will
0: yep just like you see the republicans doing yeah, um, right now Donald Absolutely. Trump going extreme right I mean yep. they are an extreme right group right now at least yep. the, the Trump supporters are and with the tea party movement too and with the tea party movement exactly well hopefully we see something similar to the tea party movement on the left um that would be a really great step in the right direction and I think well, that we are seeing that a little yeah. bit um but I just I hope that it uh, continues and gains traction and can actually influence the political process.
1: I, I think it, the our equivalent on the left started with Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. And has definitely. kind of been brought out even more by Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. which who who has basically the same messaging as Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Um, there, there's definitely backing behind that. It's just not as well formed or organized as the Tea Party was. Right. There, there's no name behind it. Right. I, th- I think just having a name would yeah. like really give it some potency.
0: The, the closest thing I can think to it, and this is obviously very different, and something else I think should should you know arise. But uh, I can think of you know Black Lives Matter is yeah. is a cohesive, super strong movement that can influence people and institutions in a big way. Um, obviously, it's focused on Black issues, and that's great. But I think that it would be cool to have something that was bit. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, maybe larger in scope that you know, could exist uh, in coalition with Black Lives Matter and other, other leftist groups. Right. Um, I think that, yeah, more of those sorts of uh, decentralized organizations are the way to go. Um, I think that is super important in any sort of democracy. otherwise you don't have a democracy. so yeah. I,
1: just a random thought, but I, I wonder how many white people are involved in Black Lives Matter.
0: Yeah, probably like, not that many. Like, go to
1: Black Lives Matter events or, like, fundraise for them.
0: Yeah, uh, probably very few. Yeah. In terms, when it comes to the nitty-gritty, like, I'm sure, I mean, I know that a lot of white people show up to the protests, and that's great. Um, but, you know, myself included, you know, we're not going out and fundraising or yeah. doing anything beyond that. So, uh, yeah, probably not that many. Yeah,
1: that, that's a tough challenge for them, is to overcome that... Um. Like the the thinking that Black Lives Matter is just a black organization, you know? right? Because for it to right. really succeed, at, like everyone has to buy in.
0: Yeah, and well, it, it, well, especially white people. Right. Yeah, especially white people, and it impacts everybody. You know, if you're a leftist who thinks everybody should be treated equally, like in like really equally, not just the sort of like color blindness equality yeah. that that uh, liberals tend to push, um, then it you know Black Lives Matter affects you. You know, and it certainly affects the people that you know who are actually impacted by all the racism in this country. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, yeah, you I, I wonder that too. I, yeah, I wonder how many white people are involved and makes me think I, I should get involved in some 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 capacity. Yeah. Beyond just showing up the protests and being one more body. And I mean that's that's a that's a decent thing to do, but that's not yeah. that's the bare minimum, really, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, so. Uh one of my supervisors, Emily, who I don't. maybe she'll listen to this sometime shout out to <laughs> Emily <laughs> um, the day after the election she, she, she's a belly dancer um, the day after the election she talked with one of her friends who's also a belly dancer and they came came up with this idea to have a fundraiser for local organizations like in response to the election mm-hmm. to combat Trump um, and I just went it was on Sunday so there's this, like, big belly dancing thing with belly dancers from, like, all over Massachusetts or New England. I don't know. Um, and all of the money went towards Black Lives Matter uh, and, and two other local organizations working on, like, social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they raised $500 for all three wow. organizations. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really neat. So, like, they just had this idea to put on an event. In mm-hmm just did it. And man, we should raise $1500. We should do
0: that. I don't know. We're not belly dancers. Yeah, we, we need like yeah, some We need a thing.
1: We need a performance of some kind. But
0: Yeah. Hey, we could start the band up and yeah. <laughs> do a show. Yeah, we get like $2 probably. <laughs> yeah. That's well, really you, cool you, though. You
1: have to charge people for admission. Right. So they, well, they they have to pay before you perform and judge whether it's good or not. Well,
0: the the, <laughs> the best thing about that is well, when it comes to playing music, is uh, they're pay you know they're paying for the cause. So then then they just see your band and even if you suck, they're like, well I I don't yeah. it's okay because I was really just trying to give money to this cause. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> you won't get too many angry uh, customers. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: And they they also had a raffle of different prizes that you. Uh, pay a certain amount of money for each ticket that's so. really neat man yeah. that's such a good idea that's yeah. awesome was, that's really cool That's great good job emily yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: emily <laughs> it's actually really cool Bell- belly dancing is pretty awesome yeah. actually there are really? tons of different styles of belly dancing like they're so really? drastically different from each yeah. other uh-huh. like different kinds of music and styles some were upbeat some were like more slow and like, spiritual mm-hmm. feeling yep, yep. yeah yeah it's cool it's a world I'm, I've never been exposed to, really.
0: Yeah, you know what's gotten really big recently is capoeira. Uh, you know capoeira?
1: I only know it from Bob's Burgers.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is like one of the best episodes I think about Bob's Burgers.
1: <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only time I've ever heard of it.
0: Oh my god, that guy is so funny. The capoeira <laughs> guy <laughs> with his hair, like his hair attack. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, what does no, he say? But...
1: He has like a catchphrase. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know, I don't remember, but capoeira—it's yeah, like one of these things that has just gotten huge recently. I don't know, it's like the next like yoga or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but seems cool. Seems pretty, like I mean the history of it's really interesting. Not that I know much about the history, but like it was, I guess, uh, the creators of it were. Do you know the history? Cuz am going to make a fool of myself. I, I'm sure that this that is wrong.
1: I would guess that's Brazilian just based on it, it, the bobs. Brothers I believe episode. so. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, I don't want to say that they were slaves. The people who created Capoeira were through whatever circumstances, you know, obviously I haven't done oh. my research, but they they need to they they had to yes. uh create a like fighting style without it seeming like they were creating a fighting style, so they made it look like a dance, but it actually apparently can work as a fighting style i, I would like yeah. to see somebody actually try and use capoeira like against <laughs> well like, an opponent but i don't know
1: i lied i actually have heard of that okay just yeah completely triggered it but yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about it like that i mean that history is super yeah, cool it, it was, that makes it, was it, slaves. it way cooler to me it was slaves okay yeah. good yeah
0: i mean i just figured um so yeah that's i think that is the coolest history and that yeah. makes me really like way more interested in capoeira um, I mean, Very I don't cool. think it's for me, but I think that it's really cool, and just that history is like incredible. Yeah, you know, so neat. So, hmm. so yeah, Capoeira it's taken off. I think so. No. I mean, I know <laughs> actually. So I, I tutor at uh, at the school. I already mentioned that in a previous podcast, but I I tutor at a school, and um, <laughs> one of the, a kid that I tutored, uh, he told me at like twelve fifty five, class or our our seminar ended at one. And he said, "Oh, I, I gotta, I gotta get going because I gotta uh, get to Capoeira on time, or else, <laughs> or else the instructor will make me do fifty squats." I was like, "Oh my God, wow. that's kind of a harsh punishment." Yeah, um, <laughs> especially because this kid's, you know, he's probably like 12, wow. 11 I actually, it's kind of weird. I don't know his age, but I work, I work at a school where that's, I think, pretty common. But anyway, because um, it's, it's a really diverse group of kids and. Basically just listen to the the previous podcast and I explain what the school is. But anyway, uh, (laughs) you know, that kind of was like, wow, there's a capoeira class that you go to like, like you, you know, like pre pre preteen white boy. Uh, so I know. And I also know a few other people who do capoeira. So I think it is taking off. It's just taking off where we live. I don't know about the country, but yeah. Um, yeah.
1: it's hard to know what the rest of the country is doing. It really is. We live in quite a bubble.
0: We do live in the definition of a, I don't know, political, socio-political bubble. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's a great bubble. It is a great bubble. I, you know, but a, it's a bubble nonetheless. It it's great, but I just feel so out of touch with the rest of the United States sometimes. Yeah. Except for the other coast, you know, which I guess that's just how it is. Like north, really, uh, northeast especially. But the mm-hmm. whole, you know. Uh, east side east side, east side? <laughs> eastern, <laughs> eastern coast and western coast they they they're they are you know they're their own thing and then the rest of the country is something else entirely yeah. it's so strange but it's very true And we're back. So, uh, how are the Celtics doing?
1: Well, let's see. We're 27 games into the season, so yeah. we're a little past the, the quarter mark of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is it's like a pretty good indication of how your team is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The Celtics are, I okay. would say, yeah, they're yeah. okay. They're a little behind what I would have expected from them. Oh, so yeah. they're they're 15 and 12. Only eh. 3 games over 500 isn't that great. Yeah. Um for a team that was for some supposed to be the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Um really? Oh yeah. Hm. A lot of people said they were the second best. Um and others had them at the third best. But pretty much no one had them below that.
0: Yeah, third best I can see. Second best sounds a little high, but
1: well, the the rosters of so the Toronto Raptors are the other second or third best team. Uh and the Cleveland Cavaliers are obviously the first
0: just Well the Raptors have been doing kind of poorly, haven't they? Doing- no. The no? Raptors have been oh, okay. I thought great they had- actually. Really? Yeah. So oh. <clears throat> there there's one stat. Oh, okay.
1: Um it's an advanced stat, which just means like it's it's not something you'd see in a box score. So it's not like points, rebounds, assists or for team stats it's not points scored or points allowed um so there's this stat called net rating which is basically per 100 possessions just to standardize it across teams um how much you outscore your opponent by so it's like it's either plus a number like plus five you outscore your opponents by five per 100 possessions or you get outscored by five so that'd be negative five um the Raptors are second in net rating in the whole league, right after the Warriors. They, mm-hmm. they outscore their opponents by about 10 points, wow. by 100 possessions. Huh, okay. Um, and the best ever is like 15. So wow, they're well, like way outperforming.
0: Geez, I guess. Yeah, I was wrong. Well, I read something though about how... Maybe they... Is it recently they aren't doing very well or something they, like they that? They started
1: out really hot because DeMar yeah. DeRozan was like crazy good he's mm-hmm. averaging like 35 points a game which is absurd mm-hmm. um i think maybe they've cooled off a little bit but they're still they're still pretty
0: they're still oh winning games. no you know what i'm confusing them with another team i'm confusing them with uh portland the trailblazers oh yeah they are underperforming as far as I they know. they are okay yeah. there we go that's that's because yeah. i was like i know i've read that <laughs> they aren't doing very well yeah. but okay yeah. yeah okay so toronto raptors doing good portland yeah. raptors I mean, Portland uh, is yeah. doing very poorly. Yeah. Or less, less Port, than stellar. Port, yeah, Port, Portland's... Not very poorly.
1: Portland has very good offensive players. They yeah. Damian Lillard and CJ right. McCollum are like their top 10, top 20 scorers in the league each. Um, but their defense is just terrible. Yeah. They're both bad defenders, but great offensive players. And you can't just have... You can't have both of them on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't really work. So they need to fix their defense. Um, the Celtics defense also hasn't been as good as it's supposed to be. Uh, adding Al Horford in the offseason, who's a great defensive player, we're supposed to go into, like, the top five in the league in defense. But up to this point, we're 13th, which is just kind – of, we're just in the middle. Yeah. Not wow. bad, not good. Hmm. Uh, so –
0: What do you think is up – what's up with that? Is it just players underperforming or is it – more of a team issue?
1: I I don't know. Hmm. I, I think part of it is injuries. Um, Celtics have had to deal with injuries to a few key players. Like, Jay Crowder was out for a while. Al Horford was actually out for, like, 10 games or something out of the 27. Yeah. So, that that's that, a big... That's a big... That's a big loss. Uh, yeah. Um. So, that's part of it. We also lost a couple players in the offseason that... Don't really get enough credit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Turner and Jared Sollinger. Um neither of them are like great defenders. Like they're they're not viewed as real difference makers, but um, they're they're like pretty decent. And we we replaced them with kind of mediocre players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so but the one plus side is the Celtics' offensive rating, which is points scored per 100 possessions, is ninth in the league, uh, which is actually outperforming expectations, because we're supposed to be more of a defensive team than an offensive team. Wow. Huh. Uh, Al Horford is actually the, the best passing center in the league right now. Really? By, by assists. Wow. So, that, I mean, there are yeah. positive things to take away, but... So far, kind of we're a, just kind of a letdown. We're just not there.
0: Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I think that star player. Yeah. That's what that's what we need.
1: Need yeah, a star player, um, and the one biggest deficiency that has been horribly apparent for the first quarter of the season: Celtics are terrible at rebounding. Oh uh, um, yeah. And Alf Horford was that, that. That's actually where Jared Sullinger comes back, who we lost in the off season. He was the Celtics' best rebounder for the last few years, and we just gave him away mm-hmm. for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, now Horford's like good, but not quite as good. And then we just have a few other big men that aren't good rebounders at all, like Kelly Olynyk, um, who he's seven feet tall and he can't rebound the ball. It's pretty shocking. Um, <laughs> yeah. It really is. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly Olynyk. <laughs>
0: um, well, he seems like he's kind of a disappointing player overall.
1: He's so frustrating because he's, he's very talented and skilled, but he just... It's like he's too polite. Yeah, he, he too just, polite
0: to, to take a shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he yeah. gets the ball and doesn't even look to shoot. He's just immediately looking to pass because he doesn't want to mess up or... Yeah, uh, but
0: I can't imagine... Like, you don't get to the NBA, and I mean, maybe you do, but that just sounds improbable that he's like that afraid of messing up that he doesn't even take a shot yeah like what you know what is this yeah yeah it's like he won't but yeah but
1: uh not not as much as he should not as much
0: as he should but i wonder if there's something else going on there like if maybe the dynamics of the team lead i I mean i don't know i've heard that from other people too not just from you so i think it is an issue that people have noticed but i just wonder if there's something going on in like the coaching or or what well, you know if there's the, a reason another reason why he's not taking those shots. Uh,
1: I, I know in past seasons, Brad Stevens, the Celtics coach, has said that like they they try and make him shoot.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. And, or like maybe it is just, just him. They just implore
1: him to be more aggressive. Really. It's just hard to get him to do it.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I just imagine I would imagine that by the time you get to the NBA, like you can like do what you have to do, you know, even like maybe you don't. Maybe you are an incredible. Like maybe you don't make every shot, but like you'll you'll try it if you're being asked to. It's just that sounds like something that you'd have already broken out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, maybe not. You know. A lot of it's just maybe I'm ignorant about feel,
1: that. Feel feel for the game. Like you have to decide in a split second whether you should shoot or pass. That's what, true. What's the right move? It's so quick. Yeah. And just that his instinct is to pass rather than shoot in yeah. that split second. Yep. So it's just breaking through like that mental barrier that like he should look to shoot first and and if he doesn't have a shot then pass.
0: I wonder if they if they're doing anything in practices to try and try and fix that. Yeah. Like, you know what? I just thought of I just had this image of like a like something that they could do in practice where they do like mock like Kelly Linnick has the ball, he's about to shoot, he tries to pass. The rest of the team is instructed to just swat away the ball. (laughs) and They have to do it again. Yeah. (laughs) And eventually he has to shoot it every single time. (laughs) And then maybe in a game situation, he'll be able to scale that back a little bit and shoot more often, but also pass time. I mean, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. That probably just is a stupid idea, but I don't know. I
1: think he does need some conditioning. (laughs) Something like that.
0: Because I mean, that just sounds like a reflex that he needs to change, you know? Yeah. But it's the same so. thing
1: with rebounding too. He's just not aggressive enough, like to to be a good rebounder in the NBA. You have to be physical, and, like willing to crash bodies with someone, right? Uh, and <laughs> crash bodies. <laughs> uh, and he he just doesn't seem to want to do that. It's yeah. Like he's too polite to hit someone is he
0: a built guy he seems kind of skinnier he's kind of
1: skinny but he's still seven feet tall like he could push people if if he wanted to sure sure yeah
0: yeah well hopefully he gets over that um
1: so anyway so the the celtics are 27th in the league rebounding
0: yeah that's pretty bad that's that's pretty bad
1: along with a star they they need to do something about rebounding
0: well maybe they'll get a rebounding star
1: that would be ideal (laughs) a star who can rebound you know who's a rebounding star who DeMarcus Cousins yeah and
0: <laughs> you gunning for DeMarcus Cousins uh,
1: I don't know I don't know if I actually want DeMarcus Cousins because he's crazy and right hot, oh yeah you're, you're
0: telling me about him yeah
1: uh, yeah but yeah, yeah actually I, when we last talked about him I mentioned that um, some people or I I heard Something from an ESPN reporter, who's one of the the most respected ESPN reporters, Zach Lowe, um, he said that he thinks DeMarcus Cousins might be like in the top three most talented players in the whole world.
0: Wow, really?
1: Yeah, which also means the NBA. <laughs> yes, of they're, course, they're, they're right? Synonymous. That basically that just means the NBA. Uh, but, but wow, that's but really... just like the mental barriers to. Like he he just pouts about calls a lot, and he gets technical fouls called because he's yelling at refs and he's angry. Oh, uh, and he has coaching issues. He needs a therapist. It sounds like maybe he's got one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. See, that's but really interesting. He's also always been on terrible teams, so it's hard to know yeah. like, which came first: the like having a terrible team and then he gets angry because of it, or the team is terrible because he's always angry and he's the team leader. And like if he's unstable and the team is unstable
0: Yeah, wow Well, that'd be awesome I mean, even with the personality issues I think it would be worth it I mean, hell, you know, maybe that'll maybe that'll change or I, Maybe it won't and then we can get rid of the guy You know, I mean, we won't be in a worse position Well, we will be, I guess, because we'll have to do something to get him We'd have to give up a lot Right
1: Because he is that good Hmm So
0: Could we give up enough to get him and still be a competitive force? Like a real oh yeah prospect. I mean
1: yeah, I mean we we wouldn't do it unless it like having him catapulted us to the next level. Right, but I
0: just mean like in that hypothetical trade, what would what what team is it that he's on? Uh, Sacramento Kings. What, what would the Kings want? You know, like, they would want. How would that work?
1: Younger, uh, like very promising prospects, like uh,
0: like Jalen Brown. Yeah. Like if, Because Jalen Brown is a great person to have on the Celtics. I think he should stay if that's possible. I mean
1: Right, but that's that's the trade off. I mean, to get I someone really good you have to give up players who might be very good in the future. Well,
0: you know what? I say let's keep Jalen Brown. Let's just see let's ride that one out. Let's force him to stay on the Celtics. Let's prevent him <laughs> from going anywhere else. When is his uh his well, he, uh, he what, just, do, what do you call it? Contract. When does yeah. his contract end?
1: Well because he's on a rookie contract and he was just signed um he has three years after this one so well let's keep him he's (laughs) i
0: think that's i mean he that guy seems like he can play some basketball yeah you know he Uh, he
1: has a lot of raw talent yeah he's not very refined his shooting touch isn't great yet Mm -hmm. but his athleticism and like around the rim he's he has potential to be great
0: maybe yeah, maybe it is. A, I know it's a maybe, and Demarcus Cousins is, isn't a maybe. Right. So that's that's the, the issue. But uh, I don't know. That's that's interesting.
1: But I know for sure that Jalen Brown is a lot more likable than Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Jalen Brown lot, seems like a, a nice guy. a lot easier guy. to root for. Yeah. As a fan.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's important too. What What would you would you support a trade of Jalen Brown and whoever else they needed to to trade for Demarcus Cousins?
1: Uh, it depends a lot on the whoever else. I mean, if it's Jalen Brown, like some other not not that important player, definitely because mm-hmm. it's like a top five player in the league. Yeah, right. Um, right. and that that's the thing we need more than anything. We're desperate for, so but that's an easy call because I don't think Jalen Brown will ever be like a, a top five star. player. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it was Jalen Brown and like avery bradley and marcus smart who are two of our best players then eh, i don't know
0: marcus smart doesn't seem that great i gotta say just from watching him he seems like he's a little bit overhyped i don't know he he's very avery bradley i think looks good but yeah yeah
1: marcus smart is he's I, i i don't i don't know i don't know what to make of him he's if you look at his stats they're not good at all his shooting percentage is terrible it's like 35% which is among the worst in the league but if you ask Brad Stevens uh, or the Celtics announcers or like a lot of people he's just like a winning player he just makes plays that help your team win like he comes he comes up big when the team needs him most Um, like he'll get a clutch steal or take a charge or play amazing defense which he does uh, but like if you're looking to him to like carry the scoring burden, he's not gonna right. be able to. Right. right. So, in a in a very specialized way, he, he is a really good player.
0: Okay, that's an interesting take on that. Yeah, because I mean, as somebody who doesn't really know that much about really basketball in general, and where the league is, and even where the Celtics are, seeing Marcus Smart, um sort of lauded as being, like, one of, like, the, the, the best assets that the Celtics have. You know, that's kind of hard to believe. But oh, maybe maybe that's there, and I just don't see it as more of a casual fan. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I don't know if the Celtics can go to the next level with Marcus Smart as mm-hmm. one of their key people. Yeah. Because having him on the court as a shooter is just so detrimental because you don't have to guard him, really. Yeah. his His shot is just not there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he has become a better passer. So mm-hmm. if you have the ball in his hands, then like you have to guard him because he can go to the rim. Right. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think the key is having him as a full-time point guard, which so far the Celtics haven't really done because we have Isaiah Thomas and now Terry Rozier too. So so yeah, the Celtics' future is, I don't know, They we just still need that. One piece to put us over the top, yeah, or or two maybe. Well, I think even having one superstar might not be enough, but well, depending on the superstar,
0: it might be enough to get us to the semifinals. But oh, I don't think we'll be
1: in the semifinals.
0: Oh, I guess what I mean is the like real semifinals, like the the... game before the finals, the the the, the series before the finals, the
1: Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's enough to get us to a championship. I think that in the league, the league being what it is, like playing a team like the Warriors, even the Celtics with a superstar, I think would get, you know, not crushed, but they, they wouldn't win. I, I no. mean, so you'd need, you just need a better team in general. I yeah, think. I mean, you need to be the Cavs. I, th- you know. I think if we had it's another
1: one, one other superstar, we could really contend with the Cavs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, two superstars. Wait, you're saying two superstars, right? No, just just one, just one one more. But I mean, well, including Isaiah Thomas
1: and Al Horford.
0: Yeah, I guess L- Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford like combined they're, are like a superstar. <laughs> yeah.
1: They they're two stars, not yeah. superstars.
0: But combined, they are two soup. They are sort of like a superstar. Yeah. I mean, in a way. Yeah. So having like a legitimate superstar as well as those two would Yeah, I can see
1: that. Like if you added Kevin Durant to the Celtics well, roster. Well, God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he's but like he's like a super super just, star though. So. Just like a Kevin Durant caliber, or say Paul George. Right. He's like, right. Not Kevin Durant, but still still yeah. a superstar. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think would be really up there.
0: Yeah. No, I, I can believe that. I can definitely still, see that. Still,
1: still the Warriors, they'd be hard to beat.
0: Yeah, but you know if you can, if you can beat the Cavs then I think you can conceivably beat the Warriors I mean the fact that the Cavs won the finals last year was definitely an upset but like you know it's it showed that it's entirely possible you know yeah the Warriors for all of their incredible players and just them being an incredible team you know they they have they have flaws as well oh yeah absolutely so you have to know how to exploit them
1: yeah. yeah. it and can it, be done. If, if you have the opportunity to get to the top tier, like you can't be thinking about your competition really, you know. Yeah. Like you just need to get to that tier right. and then and let, then see let what the happens. rest, yeah, let yeah. the rest take care of itself. And
0: then it's largely luck and yeah. definitely skill luck, and surprises. A big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's that's interesting and I hope that uh, I hope that the next season will be uh, better for the Celtics even yeah. though the season hasn't been bad it, it just, just has been a little underwhelming yeah
1: underwhelming you know. and just kind of average so far with our favorite segment what are, are you, you listening, listening to? to except that this week we're going to do a slight variation and we're going to do what have you been listening to this year in 2016 yeah this That's year it. covered it <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows it's
0: 2016 yeah well, uh, hey hopefully. you never know yeah you never know maybe people will be listening to this in you know years in the future
1: Maybe people, some people aren't using the Christian calendar. <laughs> Maybe.
0: I hope we have some they dedicated <laughs> pagans in our midst.
1: Yeah, they don't view uh, time as after Christ, you know.
0: Yeah. We I should. don't really either. I just do by default. I, I wouldn't yeah. measure time like that if it were up to me. You know? No, yeah, I wouldn't either. I would measure time by the number of years the earth has been around. Well, <laughs> no, the number of years that it, since humans could first be called humans scientifically
1: how how would you make that determination
0: (laughs) uh it'd be like a guesstimate i guess when we got i would consult the scientists
1: actually i guess chimpanzees have thumbs
0: no yeah like the after chimp stage roughly (laughs) (laughs) post chimp yeah that's when i would begin
1: right how how old is that i don't know Forty
0: thousand years would you actually that's very selfish i don't think i would do that i'm changing my mind I would not uh do that. No, I would say beginning of the earth. Just like be first life form. When did that Ooh, happen? Okay. Then I would be like, okay, that's that's year one. Hmm. You I, know?
1: I actually don't know the calendar how long of life has that's been I don't know either. I mean hundreds of millions of years. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't
0: know beyond that.
1: Maybe like a billion years. Like the very first life form.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Earth has been um, around
1: I think for like five
0: billion years, I wanna say. Yeah, yeah. I believe you. I don't know. I. Yeah. I don't know my my Earth facts. Or maybe as since. Well as I
1: wish I did. Since the dinosaurs were killed, can we start at that point? <laughs> post, Six, 60 million post years ago? Post dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. Sure. What have you
1: been listening to in the year sixty-four million? Yeah, it can be
0: PD post dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All
1: right. Wait well anyway. <laughs> we still define a year as a circle around the sun, so. What have you been listening to since the sun year? In this sun year.
0: I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Me? I'm going first. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Alright. So All right. we'll do top top five. Well what do you have? The thing
0: is I uh did not actually like uh rate my albums. I can do that on the spot though. I can like but it'll probably change my mind. But so I mean this would be f- I mean by top five just like some albums. The, I can just tell you some albums I like. Like in any order, the top
1: five albums.
0: Okay, 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 top five. Well, uh, one of those top five, maybe number one, actually, I don't know. But the first album I'm going to say, uh, Suck Up On Me. Um, I didn't really th- listen to this album when it came out. I was like, oh, that's cool that this person released an album. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll listen to this sometime. But because, I, I, you know, I was kind of like, "Yeah, not really feeling their last album, although I think I like it more in retrospect. Anyway. Spence is building. The, the, the <laughs> name of the album is skeleton tree and the artist is nick cave who uh has been around for a uh, few decades uh the guys uh, pretty old sort of you know late middle-aged um nick cave in the bad Seeds is his uh band's name he and his band uh but this album was like really um beautiful dark um just really kind of an incredible artistic Piece. The lyrics are really beautiful, and if you know the story behind this album, it really changes your perspective on it, I think. He wrote this album in the wake of his son's death um, from an accident. Um, Although I I think that maybe some of this album had been written before his son's death, but uh, that death had a big impact on the course, um, the, the, the album's eventual shape, I guess. Uh, anyway, it's a beautiful album. Um, guys have been making great music for a long time since the eighties and I guess probably the early eighties, I think. Um,
1: What what kind of music would you say this?
0: Ah, so yeah, I don't know. Nick Cave has really gone in a lot of directions. Um, it's like singer songwriter ish. And, uh, it's almost like spoken word poetry at times, but mm. it's it's the the music as well. It, it is a, is a huge part of it. I don't want to make it seem like the lyrics are the only focus, although they they are a big focus. Um, I don't know, sing, singer songwriter, but in like generic singer songwriter, it's not a folk album at all. Right. So I, that's why I hesitate to call it singer songwriter, but um, it's yeah, it's really unique. It's really cool.
1: Singer songwriter kind of evokes. A stereotypical, yeah, uh, like Ed Sheeran.
0: Yeah, no, it's not Ed Sheeran <laughs> at all. It's super not Ed Sheeran. Um, the music is really cool too. Uh, it's actually there's There isn't. I don't think there's a guitar on the, the album. I, there's some piano, but a lot of it is a uh, really cool sort of synthetic sounds. Um, you know, mm. it's it's very beautiful. Mm, cool. Yeah. So, what about yourself? One album. Um. Well.
1: I think that the album that I listened to the most and really has stuck with me the most is an album from 2013. Uh, but I kind of just, well, I didn't even just discover it this year, but I like really started listening to it. Um, it's band you showed me in, I think in 2013, maybe, but their first album crash of rhinos. Oh yeah. Uh, their, their second album, which is called knots. Um, they're a are they Welsh or Irish? I can't remember now. I don't. I, think, I think that they're, they're Irish. Mm.
0: Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe they are Irish. No, I just I didn't. Don't. Maybe I just didn't know that I, about them.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, um, they're they're not together anymore, which is very upsetting to me. Like, if there was one band that I could go see that I haven't seen yet, yeah. it'd be Crash of Rhinos. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be so fun. Um, I, I don't know what the genre is like. it's like um, hardcore. Like,
0: no, I don't think I wouldn't call them that. I'd say they're like, post, like they're like they're some they're post something, but they're they're yeah. like I think that they're really like an emo band, but in like the the real sense of that term, not like My Chemical Romance or something. Right. But I think that they they come out of that lineage. Mm. Post hardcore to me means something different. That's sort of okay. why I'm saying that. But. Well,
1: I I kind of think about post genres as like a more melodic, uh, like put together maybe softer version of the the genre that you're describing um so i i kind of just view it as like it's kind of like hardcore in that it's uh it has hardcore elements like really good drumming it's like fast paced there's like distorted guitars um some mm, i I don't want to say screaming it's not like screamo but yelling (laughs) i guess (laughs) uh emotional yelling um, but it's it's very, very melodic. And it's just so oh it's like so much energy in the music. Um, they actually have two bassists which I think is very cool really I didn't know that about them. Yeah.
0: I believe that they had two drummers, but I didn't know about the two bassists
1: Yeah they, oh they're, I love their drumming They have some pretty incredible drumming that that's yeah. like the has become the biggest thing in music for me is if I'm gonna listen to it, it needs to have really good drumming. For, for certain types of genres, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I listen to more acoustic music, too, and that's different. But, um, yeah, the, this album, it's, like, their vocals aren't that good, but the instrumentation is absolutely incredible. Um, so I would encourage everyone to listen to it. If, cool. I mean, it's it's also not everyone's cup of tea, I think. Some people will listen to it and just hear the yell, yell screaming mm-hmm. and kind of be turned off by it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, if you like similar things, I would definitely recommend it.
0: Okay. Cool. So, well, what's your second? So, album? this next album that I wanted to share. Well, it's it's a band that I wanted to going off of what you did, sort of talking about an album from two thousand thirteen that you've been listening to a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this band, Neurosis, um, one of my favorite metal bands. Um, really incredible band. Uh, sort of well, they were definitely the sort of the leaders of uh, the subgenre post-metal. I guess they weren't necessarily the founders of that subgenre, but they're like the number one name really in it. Um, They've been around for, you know, since the 90s, I think maybe even since the late 80s. Uh, But they came out with an album this year um, that is called Fires Within Fires. And I love that album. And that really got me... I'd I'd listened to some of their earlier albums um, And I'd liked them But then I'd sort of just Not forgotten about them But moved on to other stuff And be like this is good And then I just sort of You know moved on But uh, this album I loved it And it was really accessible It was only 40 minutes long uh, Which Mm. for them is pretty short actually They're 40ish minutes It might be 40 something But they are a band That typically makes double albums They make like Hour and 15 minute long albums So this was a really good entry point for me Um, to go back and be like, okay, this was an amazing album, one of my favorite albums of 2016. And then I started listening to two albums of theirs, uh, Times of Grace, and then my personal favorite album of theirs. And I would even maybe say, at this point in my life, my favorite metal album, uh, 1996's Through Silver and Blood by Neurosis, a truly incredible album, just it sounds so huge it's just oh it's incredible it just makes you feel such intense emotions um, it's a really it's like an experience um, so I, I just love that album and definitely their latest is really good but honestly just check out their earlier stuff it is so good they are a really cool band um, so yeah they, they've been they've been a big part of my sort of soundtrack to 2016. Um, really dark, really intense (laughs) and slow. And definitely they sound like what you'd think post-metal would sound like, I think sort of like a blend of like really like heavy metal and post-rock sort of. Um, And it's a really cool combination of those things. And just, it feels, it's an overused word, but it's really relevant with neurosis. They sound epic. They really sound epic in scope. So yeah, good band, good band, good album, great album.
1: Does sound like it fits with twenty sixteen. Yeah. Dark, intense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Definitely slow. Maybe maybe not epic. <laughs> no. No. But, but apocalyptic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh
1: my second album, my my second favorite album for the year, uh, is one that I've already talked about in this podcast, yeah, so I won't talk about it for too much, but it's Chancellor Rapper's coloring book. Oh yeah. Which, of course, of course oh, I, I just can't get sick of it I just keep listening to it Find a new song that becomes my favorite All the time mm-hmm. uh, And I, I just I'm more and more impressed by Chance the Rapper All the time Like in my Discover Weekly uh, Playlist on Spotify wh- Whenever I listen to it There's often a song by Chance the Rapper Or a, a song that he's featured on By someone else just because I listen to Chancellor Rapper so much. And I almost always like it. Um, oh. or, actually, no. I, I want to amend that. I always like it. <laughs> every, every single song I've listened to that he's featured on, I've liked. Um, is it is
0: it him? Is it just that he picks songs that you... I think he, he picks songs.
1: Yeah. It's just like his artistic... Uh, or like his style of music. And... Uh, he, he just... he's He just... He's... It's good music. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah. So, I'm I'm excited for the future of Jesse or yeah. I already cut this far.
0: No, I I mean, I'm excited for it too. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not I'm not as big of a Chance fan. I do like his music. I think he's doing really cool stuff. I need to listen to Coloring Book more. Uh, because I I like what I've heard, but for me it's it's just I don't know. I've just been listening to a lot of other mm-hmm. music, but I do like it. I need to be in the right mindset for yeah, it. I think it needs so, to be in the right
1: mood. It's so different than yeah, what you've been listening to. I think that's what it is. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's. it's like I always opposite. like it when I
0: hear it, but I'm just like, eh, okay.
1: It you know it gives me energy in the same way that like metal gives energy. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, in a different way, but like it has the same effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like so uplifting. You you just feel happy yeah. by it, yeah. Whereas metal can like it's epic and maybe uplifting is not the right word, but like gives you energy. Yeah, just doesn't necessarily make you happy.
0: No, neurosis certainly doesn't. <laughs> uh, as one example, um, yeah. Well, uh, my third album of this year is well. From here on, it's kind of a toss up amongst all of the incredible albums that came out this year. And not to mention, the albums I've been listening to not from this year, which is just... I'm not even going to really bother with those albums, honestly. (laughs) But um, I'd say my number three is going to be an album, another... Also a hip-hop album. um, Also an extremely energetic album, but not an uplifting album. Mm. A very... uh, Almost nihilistic, super depressing, but incredibly good album. Danny Brown's Atrocity Exhibition. Uh, Just unbelievable hip-hop. The guy is doing some really incredible stuff with the genre i think he is going in directions that we have honestly probably never really seen hip-hop go um, sorry
1: you just sounded like donald trump <laughs> i did oh that was like incredible so really really incredible just doing <laughs> yeah. things that no one's ever done before <laughs> yeah
0: well it's true i mean he he is um he, you know this this just sort of speaks to uh where he's coming from i think danny brown i mean uh, not donald trump yeah um he said that one of his leading inspirations for this album, Atrocity Exhibition, was uh, Radiohead's Kid A. He said he <laughs> wanted to try and do what Radio, because he, uh, if you're familiar with Radiohead's discography, they came out with the album OK Computer, which is considered by non-fans by the general public to be kind of like their, well, I mean, it also <laughs> also also by fans, but just in general, I think a lot of fans would point to Kid A as being their their masterpiece, although a lot of fans wouldn't so. Anyway, uh, but but in sort of like mainstream music press, OK Computer is their masterpiece, and then but that's a really guitar-centric sort of like alternative rock album, and then Kid A was like more of an electronic, weirder sort of album, mm-hmm. um, and Danny Brent said he wanted to try and do that. Um, basically, the, what he saw is the equivalent of that in rap, and uh, in a way, he did it, um, and it is truly I think I think it's a masterpiece uh, of hip hop. I think that it is. Like in its own way, as game changing as Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly," um, wow. I think in its own way, and it's very different. But I, I really think it's a, it's a an album that's you know gonna live on, and I think become a at least a minor classic, maybe even a major one. I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, that, I've been loving that album.
1: <laughs> and our. our uh albums are so different from each other yeah and that's okay (laughs) yeah no it's fine but um my my third album is a band that i discovered a while ago but um this this album is actually from 2015 but i just started listening to it in 2016 um young young and heartless which is such a like emo (laughs) band name they actually are an emo band um but again not not like my Chemical Romance, or right. Right. Um, how the how the term's supposed to mean. Um, they're, they're a lot like Brand New. I mean, it kind of sounds like they tried to copy Brand New, almost, uh, which for me is a good thing, because Brand New is one of my favorite bands. Um, the The album is called Pull of Gravity, uh, and my favorite song on the album is actually also called Pull of Gravity. But it's, it's a very... It's also... It's very dark... As as emo bands uh, or albums tend to right. be, almost always, except yeah. for
0: Crash of Rhinos, but
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: They sound a bit happier to me, but
1: yeah, it's more energetic. That this is an album that more kind of brings you down, mm-hmm. or um, you kind of have to listen to it if you're in a more somber, like sullen mood. Um, so I. It helps me get a good mix of like I can listen to Chance the Rapper if I'm feeling like really uh, alive, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. or like I'm just really in the mood for something upbeat. And, yeah, like, I'm in a good, happy mood. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I'm like really more calm and down or whatever, um, can listen to Young and Heartless. Cool. And, yeah,
0: yeah, you you showed you showed them to me, and I was. I liked them a lot, and I was I was really kind of amazed at how similar to brand new they sound. Yeah, um, which isn't a bad thing because brand new is a great band, yeah. and really, they sound uh, good too. Yeah, Young every,
1: they're actually I think darker, or they're 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 not as punk as brand new. Like mm-hmm. they don't have any distorted guitars, really, or um, very little screaming like Jesse Lacey from Brand New does. Mm-hmm. It, it's like they take songs of brand-news, like Jesus Christ, which are more laid-back and calm, and they really channel that hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's pretty amazing how much, like, even the vocalist, he sounds like Jesse Lacey.
0: Yeah, he does. That was, I think, what what was most noticeable to me. That guy sounds just like Jesse, yeah. Jesse Lacey. Jesse yeah. Lacey, yeah. 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 Um, so, let's see. Fourth? My fourth? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. My fourth album of the year... Oh, well, it's got to be. It's got to be. Come on. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be Easy. David Bowie's Black Star. His final album before his oh, death. Wow. Um, he put out one of the best albums of his entire career. Really? Which wow. is saying something incredible, because David Bowie has come out with some of my personal favorite albums ever made. Um, some of the best albums, I think, ever made. Yeah. Um, I really... I think that I, and I think a lot of people think that. I mean, that's definitely not a minority opinion. But uh, yeah, his album Black Star is just unbelievably incredible. Um, and what what really one, it's much darker than a lot of David Bowie I've heard in the past. I think really, I don't I think I haven't heard all of his albums. He has so many albums, and a lot of them are very mediocre. His later stuff, which also makes it um, really even cooler that his last album is so good. Um, but this, I think, is from what I've heard is. Easily the darkest David Bowie I've ever heard. Wow. Um, and it really sounds like um, a record made by a man who knew he was going to die. He's His lyrics reference it constantly. Um, he's got lines, like, if I can remember correctly, uh, Look up uh, here, I'm in heaven. I've got scars no one can see. Um, I, I just, his, 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 there's even, like, more kind of um, surprising and... Uh, hard-hitting lines than that that's just what I can think of but uh he's just uh, man incredible I mean I don't even know what to say about it it's so good and the the guy went out like perfectly I mean if you're hmm. gonna go yeah um he really came out with an incredible album and I would highly recommend it and if you're a David Bowie fan I'm sure you've listened to it already um so. uh,
1: was he in his early 70s or late 60s? i think he was
0: I think he was in his late 60s I mm. think it 69 maybe
1: that sounds right yeah,
0: yeah I think he was 69 um yeah so he died young and that, that, uh,
1: that's why it's interesting to me that it sounds like he knew he was gonna die because he was so young still
0: right well I think he he
1: see he having health problems yeah yeah mm.
0: yeah so he uh, I think yeah I think he did he die of cancer
1: maybe... uh, I don't remember
0: I'm gonna look that up really quickly I'm kind of sad I don't know that off the top of my head uh i did know that and then i just forgot it so let's see here um so yeah he he did actually have cancer um and let's see he released many albums uh how many though um i can look that up really quickly david bowie over under 25 how many albums i don't know (laughs) he released uh how many albums is oh no that's how many has he sold
1: How many has he sold? I don't know. I I went out of that. So let's
0: take 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. He released 27 albums. Those are just studio albums. Um, yeah. 27 studio albums, so... And, you know, a fair amount of those are me- bad to mediocre, but you he- release 27 albums, and some of them aren't going to be great. You um, release them over their, like, the course of, like, I don't know, like probably like 40 years or something, so... Hmm. I mean, what do you expect? But um,
1: So, like, over any period of time, just to come up with that much creative material is oh, amazing. And,
0: I mean, when he was coming up with quality creative material, I mean... He was coming out with some of the best, best rock music ever made easily. Yeah. Um, some of the best, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Black Star by David Bowie is definitely, has to be in my top five. Um, and I don't know. On a day where I'd listen to it, I would maybe put it at number one. Today I'm putting it at number four. But, mm. you know, all these albums shift around. So, yeah. what about yourself? Number, number four.
1: Uh, number four. Well... Just, another album that I listened to a lot in twenty sixteen. Um, I don't know if I would say it's one of my favorites, but uh, Tigers Jaw, which is another like emo kind of band, mm-hmm. uh, they released an acoustic album, which is live. But I found that I really love hearing um, music that, like you're you're used to hearing, that's really produced and like distorted guitars and there's there's a lot of production to it and just hearing it stripped down to its bare bones um right yeah a, a lot of music like that like emo music or uh, other music that like has a lot of instrumentation and like production to it um it turns off people just because of like the production value of it mm-hmm. but if you just strip it down to actually the the sounds mm-hmm. the, um just the like pure music of it which is more captured in just acoustic guitar and vocals um, it's just like really good music. Yeah. Um, so, I I just loved hearing like so many of the songs that I've I've listened to for for years, um, but in a different form. It's just something I think is really cool. I'd love to hear Crash of Rhinos acoustic. Wow, that would be fascinating that would
0: be really cool Um, yeah I guess we'll never hear
1: that no, you'd have to replicate the drums somehow I mean you could just do one of those drum blocks
0: you know I'm thinking of a a band that uh, really different sounding band but a band called Hella who uh, released an acoustic-ish album that I think Crasher Rhinos would kind of have to emulate uh, where they they had drums and I think they had like an acoustic electric guitar or something like that Mm -hmm. or even just it was like a, a guitar in like a clean setting but it was like totally stripped down, yeah. And it was like as acoustic as that kind of music could get. I, I imagine Crash Rhinos would have to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but it would still be really cool because it, with that album, it, it is very much like, this is just the music, like yeah. it's just like raw, and yeah, I think that'd be really cool to hear. I wonder if Crash Revinos could do that though, because their music is so different, from from that. Uh, the, I don't know. I wonder if they would, if paired down their their songs would still make sense. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Yeah, Yeah. It, it makes more sense for Ben. I mean, Crash of Rhino's, their music is pretty complex. They, they yeah. have so many different things going on. Uh, Tiger Show is a lot simpler and just like traditional guitar, lead guitar, bass, drums. Yeah.
0: So. Right. Yeah, it, it works very easily. Mm-hmm. Cool. Number five. Number five. I'm going to break the rules a little bit, and I'm going to do a two-way tie for number five, because <laughs> I, I want to include both of these albums. I If I could have, I would do it. Well, I could, but I won't. I could do a three-way tie, but I think that'd be pushing it a little bit. So, uh, my two-way tie is uh, Tim Hecker's Love Streams. T- Tim, Hecker's is, uh, Tim Hecker is uh, my favorite ambient artist. Um, he's really cool. He's making really good really really interesting and uh very unique soundscapes for quite a while he's produced some or made some of my favorite albums um harmony and ultraviolet uh virgins which just came out um when did that come out came out a couple years ago uh this album was not as good as those albums but uh still really good i still really loved it Uh, i think i pretty much love anything he makes at this point he's yet to disappoint um so i wanted to include that album and I also felt like I had to include, have to include, uh, Radiohead's latest album, Moonshaped Pool. Um,
1: no, I still haven't listened to that. It's really good. I gotta get on that. It's
0: really, it's a really good album. Um, it's like, they're almost the reason why I didn't include it was because it's like, it's just like a really solid Radiohead album. Like, it's really good. It's really good. It deserves to be on a year on list. But mm. at this point, they've just made album after album of just like, like incredibly good music you know kind of like the best kind of music that they could make in the style that they're making it i would i would argue that like they re- they released another one, one of those you know but it's yeah it's, uh, nine out of ten is what i would probably give it if i was in the wow. habit of rating music which i am uh so <laughs> 8.5 to 9 out of 10 uh it's great great album super good if you like radiohead you will love it and it's really that simple um
1: I know at first they're just on Apple Music, but it's on Spotify now, it's on. Right?
0: It's been on Spotify for a while, okay. yeah. Uh, also, it's an album, um, kind of like Nick Cave's latest album, created out of loss. Not as tragic a loss, but uh, Tom York... Um, Got divorced from his. Well, I don't know if it was divorced. If I don't know if they're actually married or if they're just partners. But he separated from his partner of like twenty two years or something like mm-hmm. that. Wow. And created this album. And I actually just read the news that uh, she uh, has died. Wow. Um. Yeah. Very recently. So that's gonna be pretty heartbreaking for him. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. So that's sort of a very sad side note that I I just read that today. But is she, is she someone well-known or I, I think that she's like she's french um i think that she's a i think she's like maybe um i mean french circles <laughs> she's I, well known i don't know i don't know the specifics yeah. um i believe that she's french <laughs> i'm not even sure but about that not, maybe i'm confusing like it with somebody else no no no, okay. she, no she's not a musician um but yeah so that's a great album and again if you like well with any of these you know any of these Albums. If you like the band, this is another really good album by that band. But especially when it comes to Radiohead, I feel like you you know what you're getting, but you also will fall in love with it and be surprised by it. And just, you know, they just make incredibly good music, always, you know, they're one of the best bands, Uh, period. Ever. Yeah, I think. I mean, when it comes to like alternative rock, they're not one of the best bands ever. Because I think that's too wide a statement. But when it comes to the kind of music that they make, uh, they they are one of the best bands to do it, ever.
1: Yeah, I, I I think you you could say that they're one of the best bands ever.
0: I mean, you could say it, sure. But I, I think that it, I I just think that I don't even like thinking about music that way because there's so many different types of music, yeah. And there's so many incredible bands and musicians making just unbelievably good music in all of those genres that to say this is the best band ever period is just i just don't think it's ever true yeah. you know
1: it, i guess it tries to lend objectivity to music when there isn't any yeah i just or i think there's maybe some but li- not much right
0: I, yeah i th- i think even just even saying that this is the best band to do this in a genre is is kind of a diff- a really difficult statement to make yeah. um and make accurately so to say that like is one of the best bands ever is just for me it's off the table but I can I can understand it and I wouldn't really dispute it if somebody said Radiohead is one of the one of the best bands ever sure they are truly incredible so
1: um, for my fifth I think I'll also cheat and do a two way tie and th- these are also aren't even really my favorite bands or or albums or the ones I well. I guess they are kind of the ones I listen to the most, but, um, these are two albums from artists that I grew up with, were probably my two biggest artists <laughs> growing up. I know what you're going to say. Uh, what am I going to say? Uh, the,
0: the big old B.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. The big old B. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: what about the other one?
0: Um, I don't know. The other one, wait. Uh... Two, two different artists. Right, 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 right.
1: That I grew up with.
0: Well, shit, um,
1: Kanye? Yeah. Oh, wow, all right, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Good job. Uh, yeah, so Blink-182 released their first album in, I don't know, like five years, I think, since 2011, um, and it's the first one ever without their guitarist, Tom Delong. Uh, so it's quite a departure for them because tom was a founding member of the band back in i think 1992 um <clears throat> but it's really their first good album since mm. they released their self-titled album in mm-hmm. 2003 mm-hmm. uh so it's been a long time
0: yeah and, that's, that's a long time
1: uh I, it's hard for them to live up to their past. I mean, I think right. no matter what they put out, they're not going to do it. No, and they can't, really. I they mean, can't. they're in a
0: different place in their lives now. They yeah. can't be making Blikkoon 82 music and, you know, that kind of Blitcoin Even if it was music. a
1: great album, it's just expectations are so absurdly high. Right. Like, even just over time, they've built up just, like, yeah. the anticipation of what will come.
0: I feel like at this point, they'd almost... They'd have to, like, change their sound and yeah. then make an incredible album yeah. for it to live. You mm. know, because even then it wouldn't for the fans live up to the hype but they kind of like when it comes to that specific kind of pop punk they like they did it they kind of defined that genre yeah you know what I mean yeah. and they, they kind of have that issue that a lot of bands have that have defined a genre or subgenre like they kind of after they've done that yeah, what do they are pigeonholed you know? like they in that genre they keep making like slightly worse versions of that yeah know? right so
1: yeah um I mean it, it was a pretty good album that I mean I, I enjoyed listening to it. I guess that's the ultimate judge of whether yeah. an album is good or not um, but compared to older albums it just doesn't really compare uh, having said that it's very very it's basically the same thing as Kanye West's album that was just released um, The Life of Pablo uh, it's it's Kanye trying to channel his old self I think in a lot of ways um, going back to an older, like more palatable sound, um, and just kind of doing a slightly worse version of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. That sounds accurate.
1: But, but but still enjoyable. But yeah. Yeah. Just not quite there.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And it, I mean, I can see. I see what you're saying. Like it is. Harkening back to his early stuff but it's also definitely different it is different the content the sound the overall tone like he's just like a different man now you know that's for and sure and it comes through yeah <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, Life of Pablo is more different than um, it's more different than his old stuff than Blink-22's new album is their their old stuff yeah um, Blink-22's Blink California is basically like let's take the caricature of what our music is and make songs around that. Mm-hmm. Like very stereotypical Blink-182 songs. Right, right. Um, and in some cases on the album, it results in like really good songs that are enjoyable, like make you feel nostalgia for old Blink-182 music. In some cases, it's like, okay, we get it. You're, yeah. You're Blink-182. <laughs> yep, yep.
0: This is what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But so it's it kind of... Cool, just from a nostalgia standpoint, to hear those albums.
0: Totally. What I got a question for you. What do you think of uh, what's his name, Matt T What's his uh, name?
1: Skiba. Matt Skea. Oh, they well, <laughs> going with that last name,
0: Matt Skiba What do you think of him on uh, on this album, and him in Blink too.
1: Yeah. Well, I also got to see Blink Twenty Two this summer. Uh, was it this summer? Yeah, I think so. Um, he he's really from, from a music standpoint, <laughs> he's an upgrade over Tom. Yeah. He's definitely more talented, and I I get why they picked him because he kind of sounds like Tom sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but just... kind of looks like Tom even. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but just more more musically sound. Right. But he doesn't seem to have much of a personality. Yeah, and that that's a big part of Blink 182s Two's huge
0: whole huge whole thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it seemed to me. And correct me if if you disagree or you think I'm wrong uh it seemed like this album was like blink-182 but without that personality yeah you know like Blink- yeah like the music was there but some of those defining characteristics that i think elevated blink-182 to being one of the best bands to do what they did it was kind of not there i don't know what do
1: you think well they they tried to have personality they've they have a couple like spoof songs like they tend to do oh okay um Mm -hmm. like they have this one song called uh built this pool where um they the lyrics are uh i'm trying to remember Uh, something about building a pool trying to see naked dudes (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember exactly Yeah. yeah that
0: sounds like blink 182 material right there
1: all right, I think I'm trying to see some naked dudes that's why I built this pool <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole song It's like that's, 30 seconds. it's pretty good yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so for for both albums it's like the the last thing that I really want to hear from them from them yeah <laughs> um, like I I don't want to see blink 22 again yeah you'd be okay if it was over I, I'd be totally fine if it was over yeah I don't want to see them again. Uh and I don't even really want to follow either of them anymore. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Like I get I'm, that. It was Especially it, with Kanye, I get that. Yeah. Ugh. It was like a good last hurrah for both of them. These yeah. last albums. Um just to like channel that nostalgia for the last time and uh, moving past it.
0: Totally. So this is like a it's almost like a personal like this is very personal uh albums for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, as you know, Blink-182 was a big part of growing up. For me, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that we started playing guitar and started a band, when yeah. we were in, like, yeah. eighth grade, it was,
0: like, solely based on Blink-182. Yeah. Pretty much. So. Well, no, it was. But also, you know, AFI for me, a little oh, yeah. bit. That was, yeah. That was, but, yeah, no. I'm not, not going to lie. It was yeah. primarily yeah. Blink-182. It was a huge part, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so... We owe a lot of our our youth to Blink-182. Like for for me, it was a transition away from like being a sports kid, like <laughs> from, oh, just playing baseball and basketball, and that was my thing. Um, and all of a sudden, in seventh grade, some friends showed me Blink-182 and uh, Angels and Airwaves and and Brand New. And I started getting into music and started playing guitar and moved away from sports. So it's like a really Life-defining shift,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kanye too, in a, to a lesser extent. Yeah, I mean, his stuff was was a big part of my youth Definitely. and my my like burgeoning interest in hip hop. Mm. Um, he he played a big role in that. He I think, uh, like, College Dropout, Lay Registration, those were, if I remember correctly, uh, the first like hip hop albums. College Dropout, at least, was like one of the first hip hop albums that I like was like head over heels for yeah me too Um, me too before that i just heard like you know like Lil john and like (laughs) 50 cent (laughs) and like okay this is like kind of cool i guess yeah and but uh no kanye was like a breath of fresh air i mean for me because that's all i'd listened to before that was like gangster rap yeah um pretty bad gangster rap actually
1: 50 cents get rich or die trained Good album, that actually
0: huh? is a is a decent album. I have to other say other fifty cent,
1: not so great. I'm <laughs> sad to
0: admit it. Um and I was a kid, it's my excuse, but I listened to the massacre way more than I listened to <laughs> <K>. Richard <laughs> Dietry. Um so yeah, that, that's where I was. Um I, I remember buying the Massacre. I, I, I listened to it a lot too, but
1: it never stuck with me it's, as much. It's
0: actually not well, I haven't listened to that album in like a decade at least, but I don't think it was that bad. I think he came out with worse worse stuff after that album. Oh, that I'm album sure was like yeah. Well, that album was, like, not, I mean, way worse than Get Richard Die Trying, but uh, it wasn't, like, horrible or anything. But then yeah. after that, I think it was pretty horrible from there on <laughs> out. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wow, we're at uh, almost, uh...
1: Yeah, we're almost at the two-hour mark. Coming up to two hours, yeah. so
0: I think this is a good place to call it. Yeah. Um, we'll do
1: some pairing of this podcast, I think. Cut it to maybe one thirty. we We'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that might be good. Um,
1: well... Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. Thank Um, you for listening as always. Yeah.
1: Hope you enjoyed it. Yep. Covered a whole, whole lot of different subjects. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, see Um, you next week.
1: Yeah. Happy holidays.
0: Yeah. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.
1: Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa too. Happy Kwanzaa. Yep. Um, And will we do a podcast next week? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say No. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So we will see you in two weeks. Yep. See you uh, in two weeks. Right, at, right after New Year's, I think. Yep. So. So get some fucking sleep. <laughs> <Get> some, <laughs> until then, <laughs> get some fucking sleep. <laughs>